Dear Prudence. 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 Do you think that I should contact him again? Help. Help. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to another mini episode of Dear Prudence. I'm your host, Daniel M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Shruti Swami, the author of the short story collection, A House is a Body, and the recipient of two O. Henry Awards. And now here's our first letter. All right, this next one is, this is is one of the many reasons that just saying, in Africa, and not a region or a country. I mean, I would understand if, if for the purpose of this letter, someone didn't want to name the country um, because they wanted to be incredibly careful about um, safety. But Africa is a very big continent with many, many countries in it. So very many countries. And, uh, you know, yeah, it, it makes a difference which one you are talking about. Um, so I will attempt to give the best advice that I can, but, um, I, I think part of the problem is, is in that missing factoid. So the subject is teacher without answers. Dear Prudence, I'm from the U.S., but currently teach in an African country. Recently, two of my students came out to me. While I'm glad they felt comfortable sharing this with me, we're also aware that life for LGBT people can be very dangerous here. It was a huge risk for them to come out to me at all. I'm trying to help them connect with resources, but I'm at a loss. All my usual referrals for students are U.S.-based. I'd prefer to recommend local LGBT groups. I want them to connect with people they have lots in common with, not a continent away. While I try to find ways to help them connect with others, I've also encouraged them to prioritize their digital safety. My main priority is their safety. Finally, one of my students asked me how to know if someone else is LGBT here, specifically because they are interested in dating. Again, I'm at a loss, since I know the signal stateside, but not locally. Do you have any suggestions? So, yeah, I mean, part of the problem here is that I have even less information than the letter writer about what local signals might look like. I don't know where you are locally. Yeah, and I just wonder, I mean, with this, I I also wonder, like, in some countries, it's, like, literally illegal. I mean, it's like, I don't know legally what that looks like. I also don't know, like, in terms of your program, like the school that you're teaching in, like what if there are restrictions there in terms of what kind of support you can or can't offer. Uh, so yeah, there is a lot of there's a lot of unknowns in answering right. this letter. I mean, it's the second biggest continent in the world. Uh, it's it's dozens and dozens and dozens of countries with tons of different legal histories, colonial histories. Uh, you know, I, I I just could not possibly you know, I, I can't recommend local LGBT groups because I don't know where you are. And and I, I say this because I feel like part of the problem here is that, I mean, I, 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 are you familiar with that whole like Africa is not a country kind of movement or, or, or push? Am I familiar with it? <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I, was, I wasn't asking like rhetorically, <laughs> rhetorically. Our, our letter writer. Um, yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. So, so again, you, you may... And this is to the letter writer, to be clear. You may have great intentions in being here, um, but the whole kind of Africa is not a country sentiment 
expression movement, whatever you might want to call it, has to do with this sort of like dismissive, reductive, monolithic approach to an entire continent with, you know, very, very different subregions with incredibly different histories and incredibly diverse populations as just this sort of like, hey, it's Africa. It's all kind of one big place and it's kind of all the same all over. And and this inability to find detail uh, is your problem right now, letter writer. Um, the, the, the fact that you don't know very much about this part of Africa, but you're there teaching, you know, again, it doesn't mean like you're a horrible, irredeemable person and you need to just get on a plane tomorrow. But like, I, I, I think your problem is part of your problem, if that makes sense. Like the approach that you have brought to whatever country in Africa you are in is part of why you are currently being confounded by your own inability to be helpful. You have great intentions and yet you lack specificity, detail, historical knowledge, and community ties. So when your students come to you for help, you are confronted with the poverty of your own resources here. You think, well, I don't really know the LGBT community here. I don't really know a lot about this region. I don't really know what this country is like. And so I think you should sit with that discomfort and see where it leads you. Does that feel too harsh? Does that feel uh, a little disconnected? What's your read on this? Um, I Yeah, I really I think that that's a pretty fair assessment. I think that just maybe to jump off of that, that maybe your job isn't necessarily – you aren't the right person to connect them with local – I mean, clearly you aren't the right person to collect, connect them with local resources since you don't know what those resources are. But maybe there's a way for you to – just offer yourself as a compassionate and safe space for your students to confide in you and to and to support them. And that like maybe also so part of your job is is learning more about where you are and um, and listening a lot to what's around you. And another part of that is being like, well, here I am. And I, I can't tell from the letter if you identify as queer or part of the LGBT uh, community, but if you do, I think that being able to share your own experiences um, in an appropriate way, or just having, um, just being being yourself in their presence, can be um, can be something that could be really valuable that you can offer to them. Yeah, I want to be open to that possibility. Again, I also just don't know if that is even sharing that much is something that could potentially endanger right. your students. So I would say again. Um, make your first priority not to make any of their lives worse, especially since you say you currently teach in this country, which to me sounds like you don't plan on teaching here in 10 years. This is not a community that you are going to be investing in for the long run. Um, And so I think here your goal should be not doing any unnecessary harm rather than being, you know, the sort of like LGBT affirming Mr. Chips for everyone. Um, So, Basically, make your goals. Don't spread misinformation. Don't pretend to know something you don't. And don't endanger your students. I think you can make all of those goals happen. So if they say, what are the signals that somebody is LGBT and you don't know, say, I don't know. Don't make it up. Don't guess. Don't try to like hastily Google what people have written on various blogs about this region and then say, here's what I found. Um, just say, I don't know. Um, 
if they ask you for referrals and you don't know any local groups, tell them you don't know. Um, if you, you know, that's what you need to do. Like, again, you are being confronted with your limits here. You are realizing that your good intentions do not make up for ignorance and, and, and not having community ties. And you just need to be honest with your students about what you can and cannot do for them. Don't make their lives harder. Don't make them, you know, don't, don't put them in more danger. Um, continue to teach as well as you can continue to be warm and affirming. Um, and, and those, I, those are, I think your limits here. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I get it. You want them to connect with people they have lots in common with and not a con in a way. I don't think that you're well situated to be that person for them. Um, I think they're going to have to find that through someone else who is not you, who does know the area, who does know some of the signals, who does knows ways to, who does know ways to minimize risk and and maximize connection. And you're not going to know who that person is because this isn't, this isn't the place that you've invested in the way that these students are currently invested in their own community. And again, that doesn't make you, you know, I'm not saying like get on a plane tomorrow, hate yourself think that you're the worst person in the world, but just, you know, try to have an honest sense of what you do and don't know and what you can and can't do. And don't, don't expect too much from yourself if you don't know things. Yeah. Cause the stakes are really high. Yeah. The stakes are really high. And what they don't need is for someone to like try to become an expert overnight. What they need is someone who just honestly says, I don't know if they don't know. That's the best you can do. This next one has made me nervous. I have been so worried about this person. And I'm so glad that it's your turn to read it because I've just, ugh, I need a minute. Okay. Living a white lie. Dear Prudence, in the mid-90s, I graduated from college with the full ceremony, cap and gown, party, and family visiting from out of town. I actually didn't have enough credits to receive my diploma because I suck at statistics and failed some of the required, the same required course twice. I sought help from my fellow students and professor, but just couldn't hack it. I felt like a fraud ever since. I've come clean to my parents and a few close friends, but most people have no idea. Due to COVID shutdowns, I've lost my job and need to start applying again. I'm afraid of being found out. Previous employers have never verified my degree. Do I just cross my fingers and hope my new ones won't either? Do I reword my resume to explain I was four credits shy of a degree? I'm at a loss. I don't want to be caught in a lie, but I'm not sure how much it matters either. I've come to terms with my failure to graduate, but I feel ashamed for lying. I've thought about going back and finishing, but I don't have the time or money. Also, I'm so afraid of failing a third time that I'm frozen in trepidation. What should I do? Are you worried here too? Like, are you? Are you? Yeah. This. Where do you fall on this? This one? feels like a very. Uh, this, yeah. This feels like a very precarious position to me, and it feels like a little bit like I'm living a lie, <laughs> which is like yeah. not a. It feels like a very untenable position to be in. So yeah, absolutely. This does make me nervous. I'm not actually just to be frank. Not totally sure what the right thing to do in this is. I'm very curious to know what what your thoughts are, Danny. I just had like a couple. For sure. I. I definitely want to try to reassure the letter writer that like you have not been living a lie. This yeah. is not this is not like oh my gosh, you fabricated, you know, two decades worth of work experience that you don't have. Like you were four credits shy of graduation. You tried really hard. You had one course that knocked you back. 
which is not to say I think that you should say that you graduated. I think the risk there is way too high. You've gotten lucky because other employers have not double-checked. All it takes is one, and you never know when it's going to come. So if you keep doing it, maybe you'll get away with it, but like you won't know until you die, you know, that you fully got away with it. And if if your boss ever did try to double check, if a hiring manager ever did try to double check, it would be an incredibly easy lie to disprove. And you would you would just you would have no defense, you would have no recourse. They could fire you with cause or or withdraw a job offer. And it would that's probably what they would do. So, you know, I, I realize it's hard to say like lighten up on your, or like be easier on yourself, but then also definitely, definitely don't keep lying it, about it on your resume, which is, it's a little bit hard to split the difference, but it's just because the risk is too high. Um, and if somebody finds out, they may very well fire you. And I don't want that for you. Yeah. Also just that um, line of also, I'm so afraid of failing a third time that I'm frozen in trepidation. It feels to me like this is something that might have been like accumulating. I don't know. I can't tell. I think I'm getting mixed signals from this letter. If this is something that's just like, it's been just growing and growing over the years since you've graduated, it's gotten like worse and worse to the point where it's like hard to look at it in the face and fix it. I think that that might be the answer, even though you do say that you don't have the time or money to go back and finish the class. Um, I I wonder if that might actually open up a lot for you that you're not, that you didn't even know wasn't open to you before, just because this is right. It's not like living a line, the super dramatic sense. You've done a lot of work and you were almost there and then you've done a lot of work since. But, um, but just that sometimes just like having a secret, having something that you have to just keep away from everybody else and are so worried about getting found out. And if you are found out, the stakes are real. Um, that can really do something that can kind of close you off to other things sometimes too. So I wonder if there's a way, um, I, I don't know. I don't know what the limitations are because you do say it's also time and money, but I wonder if there are ways that you can start looking into finishing that degree or, um, or even just, you know, even having that, changing that on your resume, coming clean about it. If people ask you about it might be enough for that to just feel less like scary. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, absolutely, I can understand why a class that you tried to pass twice and even seeking help from your professor, like part of what I, I, I wish I could have done is like, I, I wish you had been able to, to write it in the mid-90s, although at that point I would have been 10 and I would not have been able to help you. But if you'd been able to, you know, go to the like registrar or like the the dean of student life or something and just explained like I, I wish you could have gotten more help at the time um but I, I also get why you failed it twice you felt embarrassed uh you were able to lie about it without it being too big a deal and then it just kind of got bigger and bigger in the back of your mind i think especially because like the further you get out from college the more it starts to just feel like that was ages ago who even remembers this kind of thing and yet there's always that fear of like, this is the one thing that's always hanging over my head. This is the one thing that if anyone ever finds out, I'll be exposed as a fraud. Right. So do you think that this letter writer should like put it on their resume that they like nearly completed their degree, but they haven't? Yes, there are, you know, you'll need to do a little bit more specific digging or, or even ask um, like, job coaches uh, who I know exist and sometimes field questions. This might be a good question to follow up with at Ask a Manager. She She's really great about stuff like this. But there are ways to 
uh, put down your experience at a college without graduating. That's not nothing. Like you have four years of college experience. This is an asterisk you can put on your resume. And again, I don't want to promise you that like, no worries, like it wouldn't affect your chances. It, it, it could, but it's also, um, I, I think being honest, but, f- but relatively fast about it on a resume uh, it, it is not going to be quite the the awful thing that you think. Like it does not require a mea culpa. It does not require like, I used to lie about this on my resume, but I don't anymore. Um, although again, if you ever were, for example, going to apply to a company that you had worked at previously and that had other copies of your resume on file, one thing you may just have to reckon with is the possibility that somebody would want to double check it or cross-reference it. Or if you applied at a company that called one of your former companies and they said, hey, what do you know about this person? And like the fact that they almost but didn't quite finish school. I don't, I don't think that's the likeliest question they're going to ask. I think they're going to be more concerned with your recent work history. You graduated more than 20 years ago. It's not it's not the most relevant thing, but it's, it's something to be aware of. But I, I, I do think that either what you need to do is uh, get advice about how to honestly represent your college experience, which is real and four years, uh, but also does not include actually graduating. Um, that's what you need to do because otherwise getting caught in a lie, the risk is too high. Um, and not including any reference to college on your resume might make it look like you don't have the qualifications that you do for your field. Right. I also wonder if this is the kind of thing that like in lie, like in secret, it's like this huge, horrible thing, but actually just like plainly stating it on your resume, it's like not, it's not actually that big a deal, especially with all of that work history. Yeah. My my last thing there is, uh, I know a lot of colleges offer programs for non-traditional age students. If it feels too stressful to go back to your actual college, maybe look into local colleges that have uh, accelerated programs, call around, ask and say like, I, I, you know, I'm somebody who was four degrees shy of graduation and I really want to just get it done. And I also know that I'm not better at statistics than I was 20 years ago. So can you give me a sense of how much it might cost, uh, and do a little research and you don't have to commit to anything. You don't have to apply to anything, but there, there may be ways to address this that are not as painful or as awful as you worry that they are. Yeah. I, I think that's all I got. I would say follow up if you want more specific advice with ask a manager about like who to get to, to coach you on your resume or who to advise you about how to pursue non-traditional uh, student work. Um, I don't think you have to go back and get that degree. You do still have your 20 years of job experience. That's real and, and unchanged. This is a lie that I don't want you to keep making because I think the risks are too high, but you're not, you know, it's not like you made up 10 years of work experience or like pretended to uh, you know, know how to code when you didn't or or pretended to be able to translate between several languages that you didn't actually know. Like, Yeah. In the scheme of things, it's not like a huge, you're not like misrepresenting your abilities, for example. So it's not like a huge lie. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, again, just to say, some people might just really say like, this is a red flag for us. Other people might say, you know, I understand that you were upset and and embarrassed about it and you've been otherwise a great employee. We're not worried about it. I I think that's just part of why I can't advise you to keep lying because I don't know what response you're going to get. A couple of different responses to it might make sense to me. And so don't risk it. 
That's our mini episode of Dear Prudence for this week. Our producer is Phil Circus. Our theme music was composed by Robin Hilton. As always, if you want me to answer your question, call me and leave a message at 401-371-DEAR. That's 3327, and you might hear your answer on an episode of the show. You don't have to use your real name or location. And at your request, we can even alter the sound of your voice. Keep it short. 30 seconds, a minute tops. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.